Hey everyone, welcome to Beyond Sunday. Thank you for joining us. I'm here with Pastor Steve Madsen. Hey Steve, how you doing? I'm great. I mean, as great as I can be. Yeah. And, uh, it's a crazy time. It is crazy. So crazy. And uh, oh. I'm excited that David Day is able to join us as well. David is a psychologist and a longtime Cornerstone member. So thanks for uh, jumping in with us, David. You bet. Good to be here. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite passages in all of scripture, uh, Philippians 4, as I'm not the only one who feels that way. Um, and great weekend, Steve, such a timely message, um, around what we're all dealing with sheltered in place, anxiety, fears, what do you do when you feel anxious? And so I I know that that connected with so many people and, um, and it was exactly what they needed to hear from God through you in this moment of time. Um, so thank you for that. And, uh, but I just wanted to us to maybe start by getting personal, what, what has this moment been like for you guys with the coronavirus and everything going on and your anxiety levels? Um, Steve Madsen, you shared a little bit and what have you been doing around like taking thoughts captive and turning them into prayer, but mm-hmm. what, what else would you have to say about that? Well, I'm ashamed to say that a lot of my first thoughts were selfish. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 you know, I, I knew things were, not good, but I didn't know how bad they were going to get. And I, I'm not sure we, we've seen the worst of it, but you know, I flew to Florida to hang out with my family and I was so glad I did because uh, while I was still down there, they locked my dad down and I wasn't able to go see him. So I found myself in Florida, but still talking through a window with my dad who doesn't completely understand what's going on and just comforting my mom. Then I flew up to Boston to be with my sister because I had never met my uh, niece, uh, my niece's daughter. And we went out to like three restaurants in Boston, whatever. The very next day, they closed all the Boston restaurants. And so I was like, hmm. So then I get on the airplane and the first airplane was packed. The second airplane, I was like three people on the airplane. And I was going, it was just hitting me two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so I think that for a lot of us, most of those thoughts a couple of weeks ago were just, you know, whatever. But now it's very real. And as we lead this, uh, this organization, this church family of whatever there are of us eight ten thousand people um we have people that have uh been diagnosed uh tested positive we have people that have contracted the virus uh we had uh one of our kids that had grown up in our youth group as a doctor in new york and he has uh you know i didn't know if we were going to lose him and now he's back in the er because he got through it but anyway it's very real and it feels that way yeah what about what about you, David? How have you been feeling anxiety levels through all this? Well, similar to what you were saying, Steve, um, I, um, I'm a psychologist, by the way, if people don't know me. And uh, so I, in my role, of course, I also have this responsibility to try to encourage other people and help them. So I think when it first hit, I was, I was more philosophical about it. I was thinking, okay, we'll get through this. Um, but uh, similarly, I, I found myself, uh, just like anybody else, uh, getting worried about myself and, uh, you know, how, how is this going to affect my practice? And, um, and, and then, uh, uh, you know, other personal things. I'm in the group, the age group that's more vulnerable. I have pre-existing health conditions. So 
I would say my anxiety has been up and down, which is something that you, you've got to stay on top of. And uh, like you were saying in the sermon, Steve, I, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to admit um, this guy who's supposed to know how to handle anxiety. Right. But I worry about a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> More than you even, I don't know. I'm starting to own up to how much I worry. Yeah. It's like this tape playing in the back of my head. It is. I, uh, I describe it to my clients that uh, we all we all do this, by the way, that you can get a movie going in your mind. You, you can you can be watching these terrible things um, happening, you know, the catastrophes that could happen. And it's it's just like a movie in a sense that it's um, you're you're actually watching it. You can see it playing out. There's dialogue and, and, and um, you you play it all out as if it were true, but you don't stop to notice that you're, you're thinking about the future. So it's fiction. You're, you're totally creating this movie in your mind. And then you're, you're imagining these awful things, but it feels so real when you do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I do the same thing. I, when, I, when I start thinking about, oh my gosh, what if I get sick and, and, and yeah. I could not recover and I'm too young to die and, mm-hmm. you know, get swept away by all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that um, it affects uh, so much of our, you know, we, we say, well, he has control issues. Well, guess what? Everyone has control issues. And um, th- we feel really out of control right now. And that is so uncomfortable. What's really weird is we're never really in control. Yeah. We feel like we are. And yeah. right now, none of us feel like we are. Well, some of us probably do still, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I mean, my anxiety has been more, I mean, it's, it's been less of getting the virus and maybe that has to do with my age. Um, I'm a little bit less concerned about that, even though I know that I can get it and get sick. Mine's been more around the four of us sheltered in place at home and uh, homeschooling right. and working full time and just that, the, the home life and not knowing when it's going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- I've been noticing having anxious feelings in the morning. I'm just anticipating of what the unknown that's ahead just within the home, but then also for cornerstone's sake and anxiety around um, staff that this could affect um, all of us. And, you know, how's God going to protect our church through this? If this is an extended period of time and all that, you know, you get, you, you, like you said, your mind gets racing ahead into future scenarios that can be very negative. And um, especially if you treat those scenarios as if they are fact, Mm-hmm. instead of possibilities mm-hmm. yeah. there's enough that is facts that we could be thinking about without sure. making out more no doubt so what i love about what paul says about rejoicing do not be anxious and there's two things that make it so much easier to hear him say that and you referenced one is that he's in prison and so he's he's not just throwing that out there he, he right. really is living that himself but then the second thing is he gives us like advice on how to, he doesn't just throw that out and then say, good luck. Like he spells out for us. Here's how you can go about doing that with like real things that we can really good coach on a moment by moment basis. We can literally do what he's at. Anyone can. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, so just unpacking some of that, um, in all ways, he uses words like always. And and just, he's like, he's teaching us to, to live a lifestyle moment by moment which i don't do right i i i'll do it and then i'll go back into other things i'm busy with and then i'll remember oh yeah i need to 
Mm-hmm. I need to, th- I need to focus on what I'm thinking about. Um, and what I'm feeding my mind, it, it's just so, it's just such practical, helpful guidance. Yeah. But you have to be very intentional. And sometimes we treat emotions as if we can't control them mm-hmm. and we can't feed the, the good and starve the bad, but we really can. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be a Christian to do this. It's just that being a Christian takes you to another level where you're leaning into, uh, this power of Christ. Um, but there's people who are following after Christ that are doing pretty well right now because they, they learned a long time ago how to meditate or how to exercise. And, um, so well, and the, yeah. the grace of God, of course, extends to the people that don't know him. And so, mm-hmm. you know, people pray in times like this and, yeah. and everybody's praying. God's there for them, listens to their prayers. And so, you know, whether you know God or not, you can, or, or whoever you believe God is, you can, you can pray. I had this experience yesterday. Um, I broke my collarbone and broke a rib when I was skiing uh, with you, David, in January. And so it's just still healing up. And so my doctor called me. It was the two-month phone call where she's like, how are you doing? You want to come back in? You want to get new x-rays? And we just talked through it. And then uh, she knows I'm a pastor. So she's like, so how is your, she calls it my practice. How's your practice? And I go, well, it's been kind of crazy. How about you? And Uh, At the end of the conversation, she opened up and shared a pretty personal story. And then I asked, would I have permission to pray for you? And she was so touched. And then when we got, when we ended the prayer, I said, amen. And she's like, amen. And she goes, you know, I'm not a very religious person, but I found myself praying a lot. And I I said, so who are you praying to? And she goes, I don't know. Maybe you need to help me with (laughs) We had such a delightful conversation. Oh, yeah, so cool. Nobody ever doesn't like it when you offer to pray for them. No, right. Especially right now. Yeah. yeah. David, there's there's a lot of science now and research that's been done that really backs up and verifies what Paul's saying in terms of his practical advice of how to not be anxious. Do you want you want to talk a little bit about what you've researched or come across um, through your practice? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. This passage is one of my favorites as well as an adult, for sure, and as a psychologist, so much science integrated into it. But I memorized this when I was a kid, so I, uh, I have used this throughout my life. But the science is interesting. Uh, you know, we were talking about how you can feel like you're, you're, you don't have control over your emotions, and it, it kind of does feel that way when you're struggling with anxiety or some other uh, problem emotion like depression or whatever. It can just feel like it descends on you. But what the science has actually discovered, um, and we live in this amazing era where there's just been an explosion of neuroscience, where the study of the brain is helping us to understand so much more about how the mind works. What, what your emotions are actually um, working off of is what you're thinking about. Hmm. So it might seem like, okay, well, there's these bad circumstances, and that's why I'm anxious. It's actually our interpretation of the circumstances that... Hmm is causing us the anxiety. And further, our attention is involved. You, you, can, you can focus in on what's happening and you can play it out like a movie in your head and it seems so real, just like when you watch a movie. If, if it's a good movie, you, you get caught up in the story as if it was real and, and you can lose track of this, the, the fact that it isn't real. So you can turn your attention away from this movie that you're watching in your mind to things that are 
good and true and lovely, and you will feel better, guaranteed. It doesn't necessarily change the circumstances. Mm. Um, it doesn't change the circumstances because you don't have the power to do that. But you can sure change your mental state. You, mm -hmm. you change how you feel by focusing in on things that are true and lovely. I, I often try to help people recognize that when they're worried about the future, they're, they're creating a totally fictional movie in their mind. Mm -hmm. Of course, unless you can tell the future, I say to them, and they laugh, because none of us can do that. But it's guaranteed that it's fiction because it's the future, which we haven't lived yet. So that part is available to every person. You can, you can refocus your attention. Um, there's a lot of science about gratitude. You can, you can whether you're thanking God or not, you're, if, if you're just thinking about what's going well for me instead of what's not going so well, Mm -hmm. You'll feel better. Um, the exciting thing here, though, like we're talking about, is that um, we have this whole different level of peace available to us. Mm -hmm. that's, that's where there's this, this resource that takes us beyond ourselves and even beyond the best of what we know in psychology. And that's all included in that beyond human understanding that, that Paul talks about here. Yeah. Yeah. The peace that surpasses understandable peace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a gift. We, that's not something we get from meditating or exercising or eating right or thinking right. It's just handed to us. Mm -hmm. And we do need to do all those other practices uh, so that we're not in this crazy emotional state. But at the end of the day, the peace that passes understanding is just a gift given by Jesus, who's called the Prince of or the author of peace. And, um, and we can't earn that, that piece. There, there's no yeah. amount of minutes you can spend or hours you can spend doing certain things that quali then qualifies you for this transcendent level of peace. Um, right. To your point of it, you know, that's the definition of a gift. Is it? It's, yeah. And it's something that you don't, you don't need to like, you can, it can come over you in 20 seconds of just zeroing in on the Lord and asking, asking for it. Mm -hmm. I heard such a great illustration of that um, a couple of weeks back. I listened to Tony Evans and he was uh, describing the, uh, the grace of God as being like the uh, electrical power in your home. It's always there. It always does what, what it's intended to do. But what you have to remember is to plug into it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you actually have to stick the plug in for your light to work. And mm -hmm. it's very much like that in our, in our lives. We, we, uh, we have this piece available to us. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're getting caught up in what you're scared about and not really paying attention to asking God for it, of course, it's not accessible to you right then. Mm -hmm. But I think the younger ones among us need us all to do our best imitation of Mr. Rogers during this season. Um, you know, that guy, I watched both of the Mr. Rogers movies and just that guy that just comes in and takes off his street shoes and puts on his sweater and he doesn't tell you everything's fine. He tells you you're going to be fine. Yeah. And uh, some of his shows were about, Hey, I heard you, you know, if your mom and dad are getting a divorce or if you're afraid of, this war or whatever uh it's this not sugary 
reassurance that I think people need. We need it, but we also need to be passing it out. Not, mm -hmm. hey, we're going to be okay, but you know what? Um, I think this will pass and most of us will get through this. And You, got, you both have obviously lived through more than I have. Um, and then your, your parents lived through a lot as well. And, and it seems to me like almost every generation has a moment in time where they go through a crisis, the world goes through a crisis or their community around them goes through a, a, a massive crisis that really becomes defining and shaping for a generation. What, what was that for you? Was there a moment for you guys earlier in life where, you know, you, you, things were going on crazy around you that helped shape you or your, or your generation of people. Mm. I didn't prep you for this, but I, that, that thought just popped into my head in terms of how that plays out over time. And I've reflected on that. Um, you know, as a little boy, it was um, the fact that the Russians were going to annihilate us mm -hmm. and it was just going to happen. And if you, you know, and then getting older, you know, it, were, it was other things coming our direction. And then as an adult, 9-11 and terrorism, these are all pivotal times when you have no choice but just to trust in God because some terrible stuff. I remember 9-11 that morning, Brenda and I were separated and uh, about 90 miles apart. And we're like, I'm like going, go to the bank. And I'm just in this panic mode because I'm just waiting for more things to blow up. Mm. And yeah i had ptsd from that feeling of not being able to protect my family and mm -hmm. until i could get home so i don't know how about you david what, what do you remember that was oh man probably the one time before this one that had the most impact on me was the 60s uh, i was in high school in the 60s and uh, uh as far as the world we knew you know it was a pretty stable world and um and then all kinds of things were happening. Um, the Vietnam War and, uh, and then the protests against Vietnam and then situations like Kent State, it just seemed like the, everything was spinning out of control. And the civil rights movement, of course, happening in that era. Mm -hmm. um, but what I was reflecting on this week is that even though that all affected me and shaped me, I didn't personally experience a lot of that. Um, mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I got a high, well, I guess younger people don't know what this is all about, but I got a, a high lottery uh, number in the draft. So I didn't serve in Vietnam. Um, but it sure defined me along with the rest of our generation. Mm -hmm. It's still a reference point. I, I still get choked up a little bit thinking about uh, how much I respect people that went. Uh, Especially if they were opposed to it. But right. there was that or moved to Canada. Right. So you know, my, my best friend, his big brother went and uh, he came back pretty messed up. Yeah, so many people did. Yeah, so we have a lot of passion about helping folks who went to Vietnam and other places now. It's gotten much more uh, in the forefront of PTSD. Mm -hmm. uh, I would have to say this, this one, this, this particular situation, uh, the, my reflection went to uh, how I don't know that there's ever been a crisis that affected the entire planet at once. Right. Hmm. And I can trip out on that if yeah. I let myself. Um, right. 
talk about getting anxious, like the entire world um, and, and all the, I can get tripped out on the uh, economic impact of all of this worldwide. Right. So I would say probably this one, Chris, is having the, the biggest impact, yeah. not in, in the sense of a, a life changer, but um, you know, on me personally, um, mm -hmm. we're all living this together. Yeah, I think the poor are at an incredible emotional advantage during this time because they have suffered so much already. Mm. Uh, things that we are soft to and we haven't suffered. And yeah. I, I imagine some of the poor are less fearful than the rich right now because mm -hmm. it's like, it's just another day. Um, they know what it is to be around contagion because they live in a dump. Yeah. And they know what it is to not have a retirement plan. So... Yeah, nothing. I was talking to my friend who uh, David, who ministers to people who live in a dump in Kenya, and he's just—it's business as usual. Yep, yep, that's amazing. Well, let me do this. Let me um, let me read the scripture again over everyone listening, and then Steve, would you um, pray a, a prayer of peace over everyone's household and everyone who's listening to us, and then uh, and then we can wrap up from there. Good. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Mm. All right, let's pray. Father, this, uh, in this letter, Paul just called you the God of peace. And I love that because there are other, there are other gods that have been worshiped throughout history that are not gods of peace and there have been times when christians have not uh effectively communicated to you uh in that way you are a god of peace and so lord we pray that the god of peace who you are would bring us the peace of god and not a human peace but one that surpasses understanding mm -hmm. lord it wasn't that long ago that the surgeon general um spoke to the to the world and it, he sounded actually a little bit nutty when he said it about how there's a pandemic in America of anxiety. And that's why all these people are taking all these um, pills and drinking too much. And there was a pandemic of isolation. And man, the words are coming true now as I see so many people so anxious. But Lord, what I also see is people out on the street being kind to one another. Even when I had to go to the grocery store the other day, I, I, I reflected on how opposite it was uh, I'll say like the Christmas time or Black Friday or whatever, where people were being so good to each other. And so there's, there's things that are coming out of this, not that this is a good thing or not that you brought this on, but you are turning it for good. And that's what I pray, that the truth of the book of Romans uh, and the truth of actually Genesis, where Joseph spoke to his brothers, that what the enemy designed for evil, God has turned for good. And I pray that you would turn this for good for everyone who is uh, watching this, for everyone who's listening, for everyone who knows anyone. And I pray that we would be dispensers of the peace that passes understanding and that we really would rise uh, in this situation, rise up to this challenge 
as we all get through it together. Be with people who feel that they're the, at the end of their rope, and I pray that this prayer would just extend that rope and give them the peace they need to get through even the next hour and walk with us all together. We pray for a cure for this virus. We pray for those that are suffering now that have been uh, uh, diagnosed, and we pray for all the first responders and all of those in the ERs and the hospitals that are taking care of people. Protect them as well. Be with us all, we pray. Uh, protect us from physical things and from emotional and mental things. Draw us close to our family members during this time. Help us always to be reaching out to people that we know are isolated and alone. Um, and we ask that you to get us through this. Uh, and uh, we'll thank you for these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you both. Appreciate you both. And uh, we're going to keep praying for everyone out there, Cornerstone, everyone else listening to this. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you next week. We love you. Thanks for joining. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.